Welcome to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of NBC's hit show Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. I'm Jacob. And Katie's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and Kark is the worst. And this week, we're reviewing Season 2, Episode 10, The Hunting Trip. So this episode originally aired November 19th, 2009. I would just like to say I am a Gryffindor <laughs> and that I just <laughs> scored... Hufflepuff was second in a quiz about what percentage you are, but I feel like that is fake news and a lot of misinformation. I am, in fact, a Gryffindor. Anyway, this episode was Leave written... it in! <laughs> by Daniel Gore, um, and it was directed by showrunner Greg Daniels. So, um, what did you guys think? This is, I th- maybe not an iconic episode of Parks and Rec, but it's certainly up there in terms of high-quality episodes, at least in my head. Well, I thought this was really good. I mean, I really like this episode. Even though a lot of the subject matter is stuff that makes me kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, it's but, really problematic. Yeah. And it's just some weird characterization in this episode, particularly Jerry, who is yes. like so invested in this hunting trip and so excited and so accepted by Ron and Mark in a way that he just isn't in the rest of the show. I find that kind of fun to watch as well as a little discordant. I, I really liked it, and I actually find it, yes, a little discordant, but I, I would say there is something to the idea that, like, everybody just kind of gets accepted and badgered the same amount on, you know, kind of one of these guys' trips, guy weekend things, that kind of people are different people necessarily than they are back home and occupy a different role within the group in, in ways that are problematic and good, and... You know, Jerry expresses the good, much of the rest of the episode explores the bad. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, I was really involved in Boy Scouts as a kid, and there were a lot of kids in my high school, in my Boy Scout troop, and whatever our social relations were in school, it was completely different when we were out on a camp out. It's like the entire social hierarchy had changed. I just, you know, it's just really dramatic for it to change in such a way that Jerry is accepted. Right, and, and is highly competent, right? And they leave behind any assumptions that it was probably Jerry who shot um, Ron, which I think would have been the assumption had it been back at the office in Pawnee. Oh yeah, if anybody gets shot in the office in Pawnee, Jerry is definitely the person that shot them. Right. Or right. got shot. Right. Yeah, no, it, it. I mean, it kind of right off the bat, you're struck by this idea that... Ron and Jerry have this like guys friendship where they're like high-fiving under the table and Jerry's made these hats and everyone loves them instead of making fun of them and it is it's very jarring after sort of the characterization that we've seen of Jerry in the last um couple of episodes and there's it's 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 such an odd pairing of people too because even you know, Tom points out that he's not invited, and then Leslie has this line that's 
played for laughs where she's like me tom and all the other ladies aren't included but it's it's just weird it's it's in no way homophobic i mean tom isn't no. gay you know but it's it, I, I don't know it, it's sort of the beginning of this very kind of problematic and complicated statement that this episode appears to be making about masculinity and what makes a man a man and it starts sort of right off the bat with this assumption that tom doesn't fit into that category so it's not homophobic because there's nothing like that going on here but it is very heteronormative like in the classical male sense so i think that's what you're picking up yes good thank thank you for putting words into what i (laughs) felt but didn't really have the right way to to express as a ravenclaw i exist to help hufflepuffs properly express the things they can't quite define the words for so i think what like two three more episodes and this is gonna run its course (laughs) i just i want to be able to map it out so that i know i know when we're done you're the jacob now katie you're the jacob now. how did this happen (laughs) like there was a side bet that i clearly missed So one of my favorite parts of this scene is where Ron is um, listening to turkey calls when Leslie comes in to talk to him and tries to pretend like he's not. And it's like, oh, is this not rap? Which (laughs) has to be improv because it's too good. And I actually laughed out loud. Um, It's just, I don't know. doesn't make any sense, but I love it. Um, so Leslie basically crashes this guy's, um, hunting trip, which was, you know, they bill it as a trail survey, but Ron and Jerry and Mark, I guess, go out every year and do this hunting trip. And Leslie insists this year that everybody else is coming along except April, I guess, cause she's the intern. I There's probably liability right. reasons why you can't take the underage intern on a trip that's going to involve shooting guns. Yeah, I, I mean, fair enough. Fair it's enough. Indiana. And then Anne, for some reason. It's like, Ron says he has to take the whole office because it's a work trip and he can't turn people down. Which, by the way, is not how trips work in my office. But he can't turn down the rest of the staff coming, but... Anne also gets to <laughs> Anne, go for Anne some is, reason. Anne gets to do anything that the Parks Department does. Is this because the city manager thinks she works for the Parks Department now after she showed up at the mural contest a few weeks ago? I don't know. Okay, I I have some questions about Anne here specifically, and I had to do some research because they bothered me so much. Jacob did research before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's how much this bothered me. Okay, look, Leslie somehow gets Anne a hunting license. Now... I had to look this up because in California, when I got my hunting license, you had to take a hunter safety course in order to get it. Now, Indiana apparently is one of those states with an age waiver where if you're above a certain age, they assume you know gun safety, which is a terrible piece of policy. Everyone should have to take a hunter safety course before they're allowed to hunt. But the fact that Anne is a- Leslie is able to get this for Anne without her permission or knowledge or cooperation means that... A, she must know Anne's social security number. She must know uh, Anne's signature to sign for the thing. And she must just be willing to forge these government documents in a state with no oversight in hunting regulations. This is terrible. Kirk, did you know that Jacob is really into hunting? I didn't. Uh, that's kind of gross. Yeah, 
I had no idea. He shot his first wild boar at the age of 12, which is a fact I just found out about seven minutes ago. Jacob, where were you when Robert Baratheon needed your help? Uh, in this world and not Westeros, <laughs> the, the wrong side of the narrow sea, probably. But um, yeah, no, I, I grew up hunting. Uh, and uh, as Katie said, shot my first wild boar while I was in elementary school. Um, you know, I, I, uh, shotguns were always exceedingly difficult because they required that pump action. A, a lever action or bolt action rifle was always much easier to work with, uh, you know, uh, one strong hand. All right. In answer That's some to stuff your, about me. Yeah, some stuff about Jacob. I mean, I just, I did not know this about you, and so now I do. Um, I, so the guy from San Francisco, California has right. hunted, but the two people from the South are like, ugh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> Stereotypes, man. I know. They'll get you. <laughs> um, I think the answer is that Leslie does know all of those things about Anne and would, in fact, do all of those things for Anne, including forgery. So I think that's the real answer to your question there, is that when it comes to Anne, Leslie's sort of moral compass and certainly her boundaries don't really exist. All right. Well, gun safety is important. Like, gun control should happen, but gun safety matters too. Yeah, I, I agree that it seems very unlike Leslie to be so cavalier about gun safety and getting somebody a license to hunt. Though perhaps the license doesn't require one to use a gun to hunt. Like, perhaps Anne was licensed to hunt with a bow and arrow or some sort of throwing axe or something like that. It, it is technically called a hunting and trapping license because trapping is also a part of the same licensure. Wow. I learned so much, guys. Um, so <laughs> Leslie gives April the task of confirming this budget request, which is basically to call a number and then read another number out loud. And the look that April gives the camera when Leslie asks her if she can handle that, and then she says no, is the exact look that my toddler gives me when he says no to something that he knows he should say yes to. And I laughed about it for way longer than was really, like, it was actually funny. I did I like that it. Leslie knew the entire 16-digit account number from memory. That was pretty impressive. But in character, I feel Oh, completely. Like. Completely. I loved it. Yeah. I was into it, guys. <laughs> really? Not in character in this little set of scenes, though, in the office, I think, was how dramatically Ron had bent the bill of his hat. It looked very strange to me. Completely you think he'd agree. be like a flat-brimmed no, guy? No, 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 no. Flat-brims are disgusting and evil and should be, you know, banished from the face of the earth. You want a nice gentle curve to the ball caps, Bill. But, like, Ron had it almost at a circle. It was so severe. Hmm. I mean, he basically had the well-done steak of um, hat bills. And there is a 0% chance Ron Swanson would ever order a well-done steak. That is true. That is true. I agree with that. Um, one thing we didn't talk about was the cold open of this episode where Andy, now that he works in City Hall, gives everyone piggyback rides. 
including Leslie. And then there's this great moment where Leslie runs into Councilman Hauser um, and tries to have a serious conversation with him while on Andy's back. And it's small, but it's hilarious. And we just didn't talk about it. So Yeah, and Brandanowitz gives a disapproving look to the camera. What kind of monster judges piggyback rides? Yeah, Brandanowitz, that's who. <laughs> Why does he get to have two doors to his office, too? That seems unfair. He gets a corner office. He sucks. But I think he has a pretty important job, as I understand it. Yes? I don't know. I mean, the Colombians didn't think too highly of his uh, city planning skills. I guess that's true. Guess and if you lose Colombia, you've really lost everything. <laughs> uh, so everybody gets to this cabin, which... So they... They say that it's the park ranger's cabin that Ron just borrows every year, which I think is eventually going to be a plot hole, but uh, no spoilers. We can leave that, but uh, it's, I don't know. I guess for the purposes of this episode, it's the park ranger's cabin um, that they go to. And they, Ron immediately breaks out this chewing tobacco and Tom swallows it. It's so disgusting. No, Tom brought the chewing tobacco, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he brought he? it to try okay. to impress Ron, and then oh, he, and he swallows, swallows it. it. Oh, God. Which is slightly less gross than what you're actually supposed to do with chewing tobacco. Yeah. Still. I like Ron's poor little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> just really pejorative, but it was just funny in that moment. As they're all getting dressed to go hunting with wildly different amounts <laughs> right. of safety orange yeah. on their costumes, I, I know it's the point, but my first reaction was, oh, God, that color just looks terrible on everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not even Rashida Jones can really pull that off. No, no. Um, so, yeah, Leslie basically is ruining this hunting trip by changing all of the things that they used to do. And I... We'll talk about this in a minute, about sort of how problematic some of the stuff in this episode is, but I do think it's funny how, when she's trying to, like, bond with Ron, and she's like, get ready to talk about some college bowl game scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like at, at work, I sometimes I'll have, like, one sports fact that Carter just told me in passing, and then I'll try to join in on a conversation about a sport that I don't follow, and I'll say something really general, um, and then there's immediately some sort of like follow-up discussion that I <laughs> that clearly can't follow, and um, yeah, it's... Katie, who once won our fantasy football league, if I'm just not mistaken, right? Fantasy football, yes. I did win once. Um, and fantasy football is great because you need not watch a single moment of football, which is my preferred way to engage in fantasy football. So, I love that the show has sort of, I think, started to settle upon our point of view regarding Mark in that yes. Anne is on this hunting trip with her boyfriend <laughs> But for some reason, just assumed she would get to go shooting with Leslie and seems kind of disappointed by that. Right. I didn't even notice that, but you're right. <laughs> she had no desire to go shooting with her boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, Anne, I always forget that because you're so pretty that you're not used to rejection. <laughs> so do we want to get into the problematic gender stuff, potentially? Oh, God. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... it. The show has an interesting sort of point of view to me in it, it seems to be advocating somewhat for 
the kind of presence of like male spaces, which is a fraught and complicated question, right? Like whether that's a thing that should exist. It absolutely should not exist if this is as Ron has de- decreed it a work trip, right? There is right. no like place for male only spaces. I am somewhat sympathetic to Jerry's like, look, I'm surrounded by, uh, you know, my uh, family all the time. There are sometimes I just want to be alone in the woods with the other dudes. I I get that argument, but this show reveals some of the problems inherent in that line of thinking. Well, you can't connect that line of thinking or that argument to anything that could affect someone's progress in their career, social standing, anything of that nature. Within a group of friends, that is one thing. But the moment you bring a workplace into it, it has to be egalitarian and open to everyone. I completely agree. Yeah. I, I, I also agree. I have more thoughts, but they're kind of more related to plot lines that we haven't discussed. Okay. So we, I'll chime in when we get to those. My next note was, in all caps and taking up three lines on my page, is the beginning of April and Andy. Which I was... Yeah, those kids have a little bit of chemistry. They do. They I wonder do. if anything comes of this. I don't know, but I liked it in this episode, you know? <laughs> Personally, uh, I'm rooting for April to start dating a smart, ambitious, politically oriented guy. No. No. Adam Scott is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Hold off. We're not there for that fight yet. Um, I just really... I mean, Chris Pratt is really wonderful here when he makes up the lyrics to the hold music and then he finds out that um Anne has gone on this trip with mark and april's just like maybe a deer will eat him like it, these are just sweet sweet moments between them i and love i love andy's line mark gets to do all the things i want to do go hunting and <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so as April has to sit here on hold trying to, um, wait to say this confirmation number into the phone and Andy keeps her company and I, I don't know, I don't have any complaints about this, these scenes between the two of them. They're, they're very sweet and I think it's very obvious that April is interested. I don't know that we really get a sense that Andy is interested back at this point. Andy's not the kind of guy to know he's interested in someone until they point out that he's interested in them, right? Mm, Good point. Yes, agreed. My only issue with these scenes, which are wonderful, is you don't practice spit takes indoors. (laughs) Come on, people. You are if you're April and you don't give a shit about the office. But somebody has to clean the office. Like April doesn't care. I know, but people should. Don't make work for other people. It would be, a, you'd have to be a monster, like, covering the entire school in orange paint. <laughs> Hopefully not that safety orange, though, because that's really unattractive. I actually think it was in Community. Um, <laughs> so, back at the, uh, at the cabin, Leslie and Ron decide they're going to have this competition over who can shoot the most quail I, they don't really talk about it or if they did i didn't notice but i guess we're supposed to believe that leslie is not a neophyte when it comes to guns and hunting i mean one she shoots that quail which i i take some issue with she just like pointed her gun and immediately was able to shoot that quail which is not easy and does require some training i would assume right hunter jacob not that easy I- from that range with a shotgun and it's a quail, 
Shotguns are pretty much designed to just point it in the general direction of the thing and pull the trigger. And I agree with you that it does seem like, I don't know that she's Annie Oakley out there, but, um, you know, it does seem like Leslie has some rudimentary gun operational skills. I think this is the sort of thing that her mother would have taught her in Mm. life. Agreed. Agreed. I like that point. As part of how to find a man's skills, like that men love it when you can show them you're better at something that they love. (laughs) Oh my god. That's probably the line of this show. Um, It's it's so good. I will point out to you that this is the exact same theory that cost Hillary Clinton the presidency twice. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, this line is unbelievably, um, on point here because really the most open-minded and progressive men I know still kind of fall into this pitfall. Um, just everyone kind of falls into this. Present company excluded, of course. Nope, nope, (laughs) nope. Nope, I took my fantasy football dig earlier. Yep, nope, uh, definitely um, present company included. It's just, I don't know what <laughs> to be it fair, is. I hate it. To be fair, I hate it when men are better than me at things, too. But yeah, no, I like patriarchy, it's real. I do like Ron's response, though, which is that I don't care that you're a girl. I just don't like change, which I feel like is really... You kind of spend the beginning of this episode being like, eh, Ron, tone it down a little, you know? And this sort of brings it back into character for him, which is that he doesn't give a shit that Leslie is a girl. He just really is like, this is my hunting trip, and this is how it happens. And she is trying to expand that and make it not be what it was the year before and the year before that and the year before that. And that I sympathize with. I love routine. And so I fully understand that feeling that if someone has come in and changed the routine that you have come up with, um, that's upsetting. Male or female. Yeah, Leslie's not trying to be included in this hunting trip. She's trying to change the hunting trip. And that's a different thing. Right. Uh, So Tom and Donna also wonderful in the woods but more importantly jerry is wearing a cowboy hat in this horrible color yes. orange yes <laughs> like looks like like something britney spears would have worn in like a 2002 music video but in sparkle pink i i don't it's ridiculous and there's no reason for it and except was, that jerry doesn't get shot in the damn head <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. Yeah, someone shoots Ron in the head. (laughs) That happens next and pretty much takes over the rest of this episode. He lives, in case you for some reason listen to this podcast before you ever watch the episode. He lives. Don't panic. Oh, spoilers. I know, I know. I don't think it counts as spoilers within the episode. So before Ron gets shot, though, we see Mark and Anne doing their shooting, which everybody's way too close together for one thing. For this <laughs> yes. But yes. and also they're way too close to the cabin, which we find out momentarily. But 
Anne is like practicing shooting the shotgun, and she likes it. And yeah, it, it's fun to shoot a shotgun. But while Leslie seems to know how to hunt and about this stuff, I don't think the producers do because the gun doesn't kick at all when Anne <laughs> fires it. Like Anne must weigh like all of thirty pounds. So when right, the gun kicks. It should have knocked her down on her ass. Nah, yeah, we should have had the great CJ Pratt fall when she yes. shoots the uh, Secret Service agent's pistol for the first time. Yeah. A shotgun is a pretty serious weapon. It's going to, you know, equal force goes out in both directions. Yeah, I mean, the whole... Physics. Yeah, physics. I don't know. You know, while they weren't knowing about how local government commissions work, they also weren't knowing about how guns work, which makes sense for, you know, Namby Pamby, L.A. They're, they're screenwriters. Like, what do yeah, we want from them? Coastal elites. Uh, right. My minor is in screenwriting, Katie. And as we've discussed, <laughs> you don't know a lot about hunting, so I don't know a lot about hunting. I don't know a lot about hunting, but I do know quite a bit about how to shoot a gun because I was in Boy Scouts and oh. we did do this a lot. Okay. No, but never they, managed to shoot anybody in the head though. So did you say you never managed to, or, <laughs> or you managed never to? I'm just gonna leave my comment as it was, <laughs> uh, because. They also do that thing that they do in TV shows and movies where before Tom shoots, he caught he like he pumps the shotgun, which right. <laughs> just, it, it just it, kick a shell out. <laughs> yeah, which like there there is a version of a gun where you could have it loaded and it not be in the chamber and you do have to do that. But that's generally not a shotgun um, like the, the number of shotguns where you load more than two shells at once is very, very low. I just had no idea we were going to get so into guns on this episode. I don't. I maybe should have been prepared, but I was. I was not. So, I don't know a lot about guns. So I really can't contribute. I think we're past the shooting of actual guns in the narrative, though. So we don't have it's to worry true. about too much. Well, no, oh, there's wanna... one more. There's one more we're going to have to discuss. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> You want to know what is disturbing, though, is I still have passed the NRA gun safety course and can take my certificate to any courthouse and get a concealed carry permit at any time. We don't have to comment on that, but yeah, no, it should be noted. I'm a hunter, not an NRA member. Yeah. The NRA does um, not represent hunters. So Ron gets shot. He's understandably very angry about it. Um, and... <laughs> It wants to remain that way. Right, wants to remain that way, because it relaxes him. And Donna loses it, because the same person who shot Ron shot her Benz. <laughs> so again, her- how close were they to the right. cabin when Tom right. shot this shotgun? And right. Why was he aiming it back at the building? No, no explanation. Um, so Ron takes a bunch of painkillers that Anne found and watches them down with... What, like a liter of scotch by the time? Yeah, an entire bottle, at least. Yeah. After that great shot of they bring him a, a, a glass of scotch that's not a, you know, glass of scotch size, it's a full glass, and he just downs it in right. one drink. Right. Now, I've always wondered whether that was actual scotch they had Nick Offerman do that with, or if they just colored water. No, I no, like- they use they use iced tea for that when they're making movies, because yeah. otherwise you're only going to get one or two good takes out of an actor. I don't know. I like to think that Nick Offerman could handle it. (laughs) Someday he'll come on this podcast and we'll ask him. So don't worry, guys. Uh, But then there's this 
really pretty amazing physical comedy bit where they try to get Ron to throw up the yes. <laughs> toxic combination of booze and pills. Just like, and grab his mustache. <laughs> like, no one's going to stick their fingers in his mouth to pull his jaw open, though, I hope, because clearly he was willing to bite right. fingers off right. if that's what it took to keep that scotch in his system. I don't know, but I really like the like the hard cut to Leslie with her hair like everywhere. Well, no, no, no. yeah, it, it cuts straight from that that massive struggle in the bedroom to Leslie. So Ron's gonna be okay. <laughs> right. I I loved her line here. Look, I think it's a little weird that no one wants to admit that they shot Ron in the head. <laughs> Uh, and Tom, from one to Chris Brown, how pissed is he? <laughs> there ooh. is a very... Ooh. Go ahead, go ahead, Jacob. <laughs> no, the, ooh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> there is a disturbing exchange in this conversation, though, that gives me the impression that Donna thinks the Predator might actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's definitely true. <laughs> okay, so all the Predator jokes... I really wanted whoever was outside to be Carl Weathers. Like, we know <laughs> he's available for stunt casting. It w- how good would it have been after all the Predator jokes to have Carl Weathers be the next person? Yep. Lost I, opportunity. I would have been totally on board with that. <laughs> um, shoot over his head. <laughs> well, then I'm going to shoot under his head. <laughs> I, I, did, I do like that one. So, Anne, uh, Anne knows what happened. No, so no one will admit they shot Ron, but Anne tells Leslie she knows what happened, which then we sort of have this mystery scene where Leslie comes out and she admits to shooting Ron. Um, and we find out pretty quickly that she's taking the blame for somebody, but we, we don't know who at this point in the episode. Um, and, a intrepid young sheriff has already come out to investigate, which, I mean, okay, at this point, someone could be charged with a pretty serious crime. <laughs> so the fact that everybody's just happily sitting down, giving interviews to this officer, he Mirandizes no one that we see on, on camera. screen. Right. I, I just, <laughs> I have a lot of concerns about the way that this investigation is starting off, I guess, is all I'll say. But you should always talk to the police officer, right, Katie? No, no. Just explain never, the situation no. calmly and clearly no. and everything will be fine. No, I can't even joke about it. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. They're gathering evidence. We know, Katie, you said it before. To get you. Please don't talk to them without your lawyer. Please. I don't care what they say. Okay, the end. It's just they're doing their job, right? That's their job. No. I mean, sure. But no, don't help them with their job. No, no, I get that. I'm just saying you should have your lawyer, but they're not doing it maliciously. It's their job. I just want to make sure that. That is clear on this podcast. That's what I, I think. I concur with Kirk's position on this. Anyway, so the sheriff shows up to investigate, and um, he talks to Leslie, and he makes it pretty clear that he doesn't, you know, think a lot of her because she's a woman and she probably did this because she doesn't know anything about guns or doesn't know what she was doing, um, and. So then we just get, and I actually, this is a Parks and Rec scene that sticks in my head. It's just kind of one of my, like, top 
Parks and Rec scenes where it's all of her improv takes like we've seen before, mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. back to back. And her just feeding him all these stereotypical female things that he wants to hear. You know, like, I let my emotions get the most of me. I was thinking with my lady parts. <laughs> I was walking and I felt something icky. I thought there was going to be chocolate. <laughs> I just want to have babies. I was wearing a new bra and it closed in front. I guess life's incomplete and I just want to shoot somebody. Uh, Bitches be crazy. Like, oh man. I wrote all of them down. And he's sitting there nodding in a way that makes me think that this sheriff, this young sheriff is going to grow up to be about 40 and single and not understand why. Yes. Yes. Um, And it's... This scene is... It was really... um, it sticks out in my mind as being somewhat formative for me to see how those things, um, they're not cute, you know? I mean, you guys don't, well, maybe you know this, but I don't know. But a lot of times, I think girls are taught that that sort of behavior is cute, right? Saying stuff like that, acting like that, that it's cute. And this scene, I think Amy Poehler did an incredible job of showing the ways that these sort of, you know, this behavior is actually really demeaning and really detrimental to your power as a woman. And in fact, like, just because this guy is smiling and nodding and saying, you know, what kind of sounds like positive things, that it's in fact really demeaning. Um, And there's a way that she explains this that without explaining anything just you know acting this out that i don't know it it sticks in my mind a lot it's one of my absolute favorite scenes yeah i didn't really notice that that's cool okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> all right no totally but the you patriarchy. said it better than either of us are the patriarchy <laughs> um Okay, so Ron still, so, I mean, nothing really seems to come of this sheriff's investigation. Like, he just leaves. And it's like, no, apparently, okay. apparently the license to hunt in Indiana is very expansive because she seems to be fine. Right. And, and later, Ron is mostly worried about the fact that the person who actually shot him didn't have a hunting license. Right. Um, so Ron is continuing to be horrible to Leslie because he's still very angry um and so justifiably this, I yeah guess. i mean no fair <laughs> like i'm not really blaming ron <laughs> and so we see ann pull tom aside because turns out what ann knows is that tom is the person who shot ron not leslie um this i mean tom is kind of generally the worst here like he always is but it was still i don't know it was funny to me he tries he tries to hit on her three times while she's chastising him well and let's even look beyond that because now we can look back at that scene where tom walks outside and shoots at a dude because i don't know he thinks he might be the predator like (laughs) that is that we now know very shortly after tom has shot another man in the back of the head his immediate instinct is give me a gun and let me go shoot more people? Like, was Tom trying to commit suicide by cop there? What the hell is going on with Tom? He should go to jail at the end of this episode. Yeah. 
I mean, that that is the real life version of what happens here. Even if Ron eventually decides that like he doesn't want to press charges, the state of Indiana would probably have gotten involved here and charged him with some sort of crime, you know. Who no, knows no. how it works out, but this is this is TV where the victim of a crime saying I don't want to press charges somehow prevents the state from filing them. So. Oh my gosh, you would not believe how pervasive that <laughs> is. Um, also, not a real thing. It's the state or the federal government who presses the charges. Just in case you're getting advice from this podcast, which please don't. But <laughs> um, <laughs> hire Katie or have her reference you a lawyer to hire if right. if, if you're in need of such services. Sure. Um, and so Tom basically winds up admitting, as we've talked about, that he shot Ron without a license. And that's why uh, Leslie was covering for him. And so then we get to what is really the most problematic uh, part of this episode for me and, and ties back to a season one episode where Ron says that Leslie kept her mouth shut and now you're in the clear and that makes her a stand-up guy, that, it's treated as this sweet moment, and Leslie's like, yeah, I'm one of the boys. That's really problematic. Like, what Ron is saying is, well, this guy did something insanely reckless and incredibly dangerous, and you didn't tell anyone, and you covered for him because that's what men do for each other. And it ties right back into Mark and Boys Club, where he's like, oh, if you want to be a member of the Boys Club, you break the rules. And I don't know. I It all just sort of doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit right. I think it's an extremely problematic view that I don't know the show realized it was doing about what, what masculinity is and what, what boys do. I'm just glad that we don't live in a world where high-level government officials would take this sort of perspective on the question of covering for each other versus making the whole truth fully known about a question of, you know, public importance. Well, I, look, I, I completely agree, Katie. The culture of silence mentality has led to so many horrible things that don't even need to all be enumerated, but... You know, you talk about what happened at Penn State and a million other examples, right? They are largely mm-hmm. predicated around this same idea that exists largely in sports. And, you know, anytime you have a team that you stick up for the team and protect one of your team members no matter what they have done wrong. And that sort of attitude, like, it just needs to go the hell away. I agree with that completely. Though, in this case, Tom didn't actually intend to shoot Ron in the head, right? Like, no. It, this was not a willful act that they were covering up here, which no, but what makes the, the example that you cited— But it's reckless endangerment. <laughs> it's a crime. Yeah, it is Tom, a crime. Tom did not—like, Tom knowingly did not have the proper training or safety knowledge to operate a firearm. And knowing that makes him liable for his actions. That's a good point. I agree with that. Tom should go to jail. That was that's well, a g- good prosecutor closing argument there, Jacob. But isn't it kind of even, Steven, since he was arrested a few episodes ago for something he didn't do? So now <laughs> there you he's go. not arrested he's, for something he did? He's owed a free crime. <laughs> Why should Tom go to jail for a crime someone else noticed? 
Again, true. Um, no, I, yeah. I, <sighs> Jacob is completely right. Yes, yes, he is. I mean, and I, we're all kind of in agreement here. I mean, Katie's not going to really agree somebody should go to jail. But... Right. I mean, right. But I'm not going to go off on my tangent about that. It's, it's not really the time. It's more that in this particular moment, the, the message they appear to be sending which they're sort of just making as like a joke and here's this like nice moment where leslie's accepted and i just don't think and this is again kind of part of the problem right they wrote this and nobody thought "Mm, this isn't right this sounds off you know it's Um, also very what second wave feminist that the way to be accepted is to become one of the boys and not that you know, we need to expand the definition of what is part of the club. Right. Also, um, even if Ron isn't interested in prosecuting here, wouldn't Donna be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great point. Great point. People get way more upset about their possessions than they do about physical injury. Also, so- I, I think that that scene where Anne goes out you know, hurriedly when she hears Donna screaming and they have that brief conversation. I think that's the only scene in this episode that passes the Bechdel test because <laughs> they're talking about a car. <laughs> Absolutely. I had written- uh, No, no, no. Leslie and Anne discuss having gotten the heist hunting license and going hunting, and they don't talk about Mark in that scene, I don't think at all. Because Anne is completely uninterested in discussing Mark's existence. This is true. I- yeah, you're right. Absolutely. All right. Well, this episode passing the Bechdel test in two different ways. This again, it's a problematic episode about masculinity and you know female stereotypes and all that. But yet here we are passing the Bechdel test. Um, passes the Bechdel test twice in right. an episode that is literally about shooting the icon of masculinity in the head. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that confusing yeah before we go too much further i do have a question which okay. is what is weird about one freaking friend sucking on another friend's neck <laughs> a lot a lot is weird about it like if yeah. any of the three of us did that to any of the other three of us there would be a lot of questions asked no one would find it acceptable you know what i mean nope so- I, I, I can't even comment <laughs> on the possibility of that that is so disturbing <laughs> Exactly. Hence proving my point that it is not a platonic act of any way, shape, or form. No. But they did seem like... Apparently they're very enthusiastic about it, though, because he has an inordinate number of hickeys on his body the next morning. Right. I do sort of love that Anne notices. I mean, obviously she notices because it's a lot, but I don't know. It's funny. Looks a little bit like he's been attacked by a velociraptor. Which is probably what making out with April is like, in fairness. Yeah, velociraptors were actually only about two feet tall, though, so. Right. Those bites Sorry, were really I'm high. I'm still back on making out with April. <laughs> we lost Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Catch up with you next week. <laughs> and that was the one thing that was going to make me not think about velociraptors. Uh. <laughs> So, just so we're clear, Jacob's hierarchy, April, but then just right underneath, Velociraptors. Yep. <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> okay.
No comment. <laughs> I'm losing it. Is there anything else <laughs> that we didn't talk about? Yeah, Ron's hair at the end is really gross, and no one wants to eat, and I don't blame them. <laughs> Did they really kill gross. that? Did they kill that turkey on the hunt? Is that what we're supposed to interpret from that scene? Oh, I didn't even think of that, but probably that yeah. makes sense. Well, also, how many, how, much, how many how many birds do we think they shot? Right, we know Jerry shot something at the beginning because we get the bully, bully, bully. But like. Uh, you know, I doubt they did a lot of hunting after the boss got shot in the back of the head. And right. they clearly hadn't made it very far away from the uh, cars, as Kirk rightly pointed out. So I'm guessing there's not a lot of fowl that got, you know, taken down on this trip. Yeah, maybe two quail and, and that one turkey and yeah. Ron. Right, right. And Donna's car. Yes, so let's not forget Donna's car, the real victim in this story. Um, I did like the, the Welcome Back Ron banner, which was. To me, very reminiscent of Arrested Development and the constant banners in that show. Yeah. You know, this one should have said, you're killing me, Tom, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. That was a good way to end it. All right. So if you have more thoughts about guns and how they're used in this episode and the realism um that this parks and rec episode employs you can write to us about it at facebook.com slash clowns, or you can send us an email icetownclowns at gmail.com or tweet at us at icetownclownpod or you can just go visit our website www.icetownclowns.com so i'd like to thank katie for being such a wonderful host on this show. She really shows hard work, dedication, <laughs> patience, loyalty, and a sense of fair play, the true traits of a Hufflepuff. I wish you so, could see my face right now. <laughs> so please join us next week when we're going to be watching the 11th episode of the second season, which, no spoilers, is titled Tom's Divorce. <laughs> As you go to watch that episode, you're going to be online anyway, so please swing by the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate all of our listeners. We've been seeing a lot of feedback on Twitter and things like that, which has been great. So we're glad you like the show. Help us, you know, introduce more people to the show by giving us a review. You've been listening to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast about parks and recreation, which we are at the end of. And that end is now. April can do better! <laughs> <laughs>